Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Embodied Blonde Show. I am so excited to be here today with Samantha Spector. Samantha is a high-value, intuitive mentor to visionary women. She helps her clients in love, life, money, and business. Thank you so much for being here today, Samantha. Thank you so much, Sarah. I'm delighted to be here. Yay! This is going to be a great interview. So, I'm so excited. I'd love first just to hear a little bit about your story and how you got into the work that you do now. Okay, so let's see my story. I, I'll take you back to the beginning. I grew up in Montreal, I, um, which is, you know, everyone thinks it's this, this metropolis, but it's a small town, or at least where I was, was felt very small. Um, I moved to Florida, then to Georgia. My parents got divorced. I'm a product of chaos is the best way that I can describe what I'm trying to, to, to depict for you, but I wanna do it in a timely manner. So I'm, I'm giving you, you know, the cliff notes. Um, I lost my virginity to rape. I went to university, then met my husband, you know, had my babies amidst everything. I felt like I needed to live for everybody else. And yeah. the entire time I was lifting up everyone around me, lifting up my family, you know, and it was, it was so heavy. And I always knew that there was a different way, but didn't know how to live a different way. So when I say that I was lifting everybody up, it was obviously at my detriment, at the detriment to my human. Um, but I was always told that I was the sensitive one, you know, and the one that had it all together. So I very much took on the responsibility, again, not knowing that there was a better way. And I remember hearing my grandmother, who was my best friend until she passed, um, and she would say, life can be so beautiful. And as much as I had on paper, what was deemed to, you know, people in my community or people around me to be so beautiful, I never felt that it was so beautiful. I enjoyed being with my family, but felt the chaos so deeply in my human that it really, I remember, you know, even being a young child being like, I'm meant for something else. There has to be this other way. And just feeling very confused and conflicted for a really long time. And then going back to, sorry, I veered off, but, and I'm going to do a lot of that because that's just what I do. <laughs> but, um, and then I, so after I had my children, I think that's when I really woke up and, and said to myself, okay, there, this other way, I need to explore this other way because I want my children to know there's a different way to live. I want my children to know that they can live in alignment to their beings, to their souls, and not feel like they have to take on the beliefs of the rest of the world, the beliefs of even their family members. You know, I don't want them to think something solely because I do. And so that's what really catapulted me into the intensity of the work that I do now. I had started about 15 years ago, um, you know, learning about personal development. I've studied, you know, Tony Robbins. I, I, I've taken from Tony Robbins, Abraham and Esther Hicks, you know, Amanda Francis, Marianne Williamson. Like I really put myself into, okay, how much can I extract from these humans who are out there living their truth? And thriving because that's what I believe that my soul was here to do. My soul is here to thrive. I'm here to get as much joy and as much pleasure as I possibly can out of life, no matter how I had lived prior to this, you know, realization to this aha moment. Mm -hmm. So um, I had my children. I decided I was going to step into my power. I didn't know how, but I just, again, I had this burning desire for this other way. And so I had pushed against the grain so much trying to please everybody else. I said, you know what? I'm really going to focus. I have the basis of this knowledge that I've obtained. And I think that we're, you know, we're 
humans that need to constantly be learning. And we are learning through, you know, there's so many various different ways to learn. So I was doing, I had enough, uh, what I felt in the moment of the research, I'll say. And what I wanted to do was I wanted to study in life. Like, how was I going to, because I think there's so much in personal development of let me go and get these facts. But then there's this big disconnect of how do you actually practice it into your life? So you're going on this like hamster wheel over and over and over again to try and get to this place of what do I do? Like, why do I still feel the same way? Even though I know who all these people are, even though I've taken in all this information, why 10 years later, do I still feel the same way as I did just in a different, you know, a different package with a different bow type thing. And so I really went into, okay, what, why, why are things working, but not working? Why do I feel like I'm listening to me, but I still feel so powerless. And so I really dove so far into how can I feel powerful and that's where I learned about the divine feminine. And I learned about connecting with your feminine essence and my life shifted and shifted Sarah, interestingly enough, um, in this space of, I had a son that got very, very sick. We almost lost him. Um, I had, I was sick for about a year and a half that I had vertigo every day that I couldn't function. So I just want to give you, I'm giving that for a reason. I'm going somewhere with this. Um, during that time was actually when I connected the most with myself. When I, you know, people think that when a bad time happens, that you can't manifest, that you can't, you know, create for yourself, that you can't, nothing's going to happen. Like I remember I used to hear, you know, Esther, I call it Auntie E, but I used to call, I, I used to listen to Esther say, you know, you have 17 seconds. And I was so paranoid about those 17 seconds. What was I going to be, what was I going to create bad for myself? Mm -hmm. And what I started to realize, it's really, I will never go against the fact that she said that, but I, what I will say though, is if you're connected to yourself and your truth, you can have those 17 seconds and it can actually be so advantageous to you rather than to be to the detriment of your human. And so in these moments and in this hard time, you know, I, learn to drop the resistance, but truly drop the re resistance, not just sit in the, okay, I'm not resisting anything, you know, I'm happy or, you know, cause I, I didn't want to ever acknowledge fear because I was so scared. And in these moments of health issues and real, real, you know, at, at a certain point, life or death, it was okay. It's okay to acknowledge that fear to dance with it. It's okay to acknowledge that fear and learn that that is my power. When I get truthful with my experience and I don't deny what I'm actually feeling, that's where I get to thrive. So I'm sitting here doing the work that I'm doing because I want people to know that no matter what you're going through, no matter what life looks like on the outside, you have the power within you to overcome anything and to live the life of your dreams. Because what I created out of that time has far surpassed anything I could have ever imagined. And I spent years and years prior to that time trying to create, trying to, okay, you know, what, you know, we all go through the, 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 the job, the house, the, the partner, you know, all of these things. And when I was pushing and trying to make things happen, they weren't happening. I'm now sitting here, you know, turning 40 in three months, having the best sex of my life. Did I think that 17 years into a relationship that that would be what it would be? No, but it's far surpassed anything that I could have ever dreamt of because I truly connected with who I am and the power of the woman that I am. Um, and so that's why I do what I do. I want to help others do the same. I absolutely, I love that so much. And I can really, really 
to being in the personal, I was in the personal development world for about 10 years Uh and I had so much knowledge and I had so much like head transfer, like I had transformation, but without manifestation, like I became a different person, but I still couldn't manifest. And it was because, I mean, I manifested, yeah. but I didn't have like the things that the relationship that I wanted and the success in my career that I wanted. And when I discovered feminine embodiment, that's when every single thing changed and it came so fast, right? You have to be in your body to be able to fully manifest everything that you've that's like, it's like you do the work and it's all there in your field, but to like bring it actually into reality, you have to be embodied. Absolutely. You have to integrate it into your human. And it's so easy to think because we, I believe that we've been conditioned the other way. And so there's this missing piece. The body is the biggest piece, you know, like you feel yucky, Sarah, what do you do? You go outside and you jump around in the sun and you turn on your favorite music and excuse me, I don't know if I can swear, but I'm going to, you get lit the fuck up. Okay. Thank you. I'm a newbie to this podcast thing. So the whole thing is, is you want to, like, you get lit the fuck up. And I wanted to live a life always. I remember being a child, Sarah, sitting in class, being like, what is this? And not because I loved school. I loved the learning aspect, but I didn't like that, you know, that you had to conform to everything. Like, I believe we're all these individual souls that just want to live in our truth, thrive in our truth, and really live this, these lives of like joy and pleasure that we can feel. And the only way you can feel is with your body. Absolutely. Yeah. So how did you go from doing the work for yourself to helping other, to helping women, helping clients? So it kind of just naturally evolved. I studied psychology. So when I said earlier, you know, I meant to add that piece in, but I studied psychology and I worked in therapy for a while. Um, Mm -hmm. And then it kind of just naturally happened, Sarah. I was doing work financial. Um, I had a financial firm and I was doing work with women. And we ended up, instead of just talking about how can you fix your credit and fix your finances, how does life get you know beautiful for you? And so in the midst, this was prior to my son getting sick, sick and my real true like divine feminine awakening, yeah. I'll call it, I guess. Um, but I've always wanted to help. I've always wanted to assist. I always knew that I was here for this purpose of helping. And it was, it, it's so interesting because I look back and I remember thinking in college, like, okay, how am I going to help women? But I never really, it was like this, you know, this, this something was lit inside me, but I, I would squash it. And I worked with people with dementia. I worked with kids with thoughts and like, you know, I, I did so many different things. And then just, again, when I wasn't resisting and trying to figure out the way or the how, Okay. Yeah. We, we literally shoot ourselves so much in the foot. And I was the girl, the Virgo. Okay. Who was like, I'm going to have everything organized and I'm going to know how everything goes down. And this is just what it's going to be. But when I stopped figuring out the how that's when like through my, you know, work with people and their finances, it just kind of started. And, um, with word of mouth, I developed a coaching practice. And I mean, for years, that's just what it was because I felt like I was just organically, I wasn't looking for acknowledgement from other people. I was just living my soul's purpose mm-hmm. other than being a mother and a wife and a daughter and a you know sister and a friend is really to get out there and get women to love themselves, love their lives and live an existence beyond what they ever thought that their capacity was for themselves. Amazing. I love yeah. that. Thank so you. Much. So you say that inner peace is a doorway to anything and everything you've ever wanted. Can you talk more about this? I love this. Absolutely. Thank you. Okay. So 
we see that I go on tangents. So if you, if you want to veer me back in a direction, go ahead. Um, but what I'm going to say in the inner piece is I think that going back to belief systems, okay, we carry the belief systems. Every thought comes from a belief, right? So we, we, we think something, sorry, every belief system comes from a thought. So we think something and then it becomes this belief system. And then it gets so integrated into our human that that's, it just becomes a part of our identity. And I think that so much of my struggle with inner peace, like I remember probably about 15 to 20 years ago, going to sleep at night and just praying for peace every night, like for a good seven months. I just so knew that it was out there in this way and had no idea how to access peace for myself. And so I, I was trying to pray on it. And then I was trying to figure out, okay, inner peace, like what does inner peace actually mean? And what I wanted, my definition of inner peace is waking up in the morning and feeling like I could breathe, you know, feeling like my smile just came to me naturally. It wasn't a forced thing because of external circumstances, you know, and all of that. So the inner peace for me personally was ridding of the fear that came from a lot of these societal constructs that form my belief systems mm -hmm. and that that's what my operating systems were. I was operating for everybody else. And so when I got to a place of who is Samantha, what does Samantha believe? What does Samantha want? Because I think so much of our struggle with inner peace um, is the, we haven't done the unlearning. Yeah. We're looking to deposit so much, Sarah, but we're not unlearning what isn't ours. And when we release what isn't ours, there is such beauty underneath. Mm -hmm. But I watch so much of society go through life. I mean, I love people that are in, you know, their 70s and their 80s. I just have a thing with people with wisdom. And I, I have, I, I take the time to speak and I was just living in Naples and there's a major retiree community there. And I would speak to people so much and so many we're saying, you know, I live my life for everybody else. I never got really quiet the way you're talking about, you know? And so I know that I totally went off and did I go anywhere near answering your yes, question? You, did. you answered it. Really, yeah, it's perfect. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah, inner peace is a huge key and it comes from really knowing who we are and actually knowing what we want. And yeah. I think as women, it is easy to not, it, we can become disconnected from our actual wants because we're so influenced by what other people want. That's it. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I refused to be in my eighties or towards the end of my life and not living for me. Like, yeah. I believe that there's this horrible, horrible tone that comes with being selfish. And I think mm -hmm. that selfish has this connotation against it. That is so far from the truth. And mm -hmm. I think that if we take the time, the way to get peaceful within yourself is to learn to be selfish. Yeah. is really to learn to put yourself first, put, put your wants and your needs and your desires first, because once you do, that's the ticket to your freedom. The rest of your world, like your world will thank you for that, you yes. know, instead of condemning you. And so, yeah. 100%. I couldn't agree uh, more. We can't, it's such a cliche, but we can't pour from an empty cup. So if we're full and we're happy, exactly, it flows onto everyone else in our life and they, everyone benefits. Absolutely. And if you do the, the other, I mean, it's, it's to everyone's detriment and that, that frequency, it's a ripple effect all around, all around you. Right. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. totally. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, you had a post that was talking about how sometimes you look at leaving as a bad thing or associate it with giving up, but sometimes leaving is the best thing that we can do for ourselves. 
how have you experienced this in your life or have you helped clients with this and how have you known when it was time to leave a certain situation or relationship okay so i'm going to give you an answer and i think we always know yeah. i think that we struggle that we fight against the knowing mm-hmm. okay and so when you know and you fight against it you're going to see around you all of the support of what do you mean you're not going? What do you mean you're not choosing a different path? And it you know, goes on and on and on. So I've, I've seen this with so many clients and with myself, I'll give you a little quick story. So recently I was living in Naples and Florida. I had left, I was living in California for 15 years prior. Um, we left when the riots and everything were happening because my son was very sick and we wanted him to be able to be outside and have the fresh air and you know, the whole thing. Yeah. Anyhow, and so we went to Naples and we were living there and within probably about two weeks. I said, this isn't my place, but I said, you know what, for the sake of my son, Mm -hmm. I'm going to stay and we're going to do, you know, what we came here to do. And then I want to say about a year in Sarah, I said, we have to move. We have to move. And I went to my husband and I said, I'm not meant to be here anymore. Mm -hmm. Our family is not meant to be here. And he was like, Oh, let's just give him, you know, he's in a school and my, I have another son and they were thriving. And so he, he said, babe, what do you think of, you know, another year? I said, you know what? Okay. For the sake of my kids, I'll do anything. Anyone who knows me knows like that they're my number one. Said yeah. absolutely, we'll stay. And Sarah, one thing after the next, after the next, and I'll spare you all the details, but came down to we literally ended up with a mold situation that we ended up having to leave. Oh my gosh! So, and when I say spare you details, I could talk about this for half an hour, but I'm looking at the time, and so we won't go there. <laughs> but so I believe, like that, to me, I've always preached this. I've always preached that you don't have to stay in a job if you're not comfortable. If anything, I, I live from there's. A lot of people will say, oh, well, you know, if it's not a hard no, then it could be a yes. Uh-uh-uh. In my world, if it's not a hard yes, sorry, if it, yes, if it's not a hard yes, then it's a hard no. Absolutely. And that's just how it is. And so anytime that I have resisted that, anytime that I've watched clients resist that or friends or family resist that, you end up seeing, you know, the results in the end. So why not just give yourself the luxury of right like I mean I'm going to use that term because it's what I truly believe like give yourself that luxury we for some reason these crazy humans that we are think that we're supposed to do things a certain way because we watch the tv shows or we've heard someone else's story or you know why not chart your own path why not know that if you meet someone and you feel a weird strange vibe that's it you don't have to go further you have the luxury to be you and live for you so Let's give ourselves permission for that. So I think, Sarah, to answer your question, you always know. It's whether are you tapped into the knowing or are you choosing to live like everybody else? Such a good answer. (laughs) Thank you. Yes, that is, I think that's going to free a lot of women. Like it's giving us permission to just follow our intuition because we we always know. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Thank you. So you talk about living in a constant state of divine receptivity where audacious faith is your driving force as essential as oxygen, which, oh my gosh, how beautiful. Thank how you. can we embody this receptive trusting energy and what does it look like for us to live this way? Okay. So I'm going to enter the age of allowing here because that is, oh, Sarah, it, I get the shivers. Okay. Because again, talking about how I was resisting things for a lot of my life, when I finally came to the place of, Ooh, I want to allow everything. I am my own worst enemy. We're all our own worst enemies. And what if we shed that? 
what if we really like not just talked about it, but what if we truly shed any resistance that we have? What if we truly got quiet with ourselves and decided on what we believe, what we desire, the life that we want to lead, and we let go of anything else that doesn't align with that. And when you connect with your essence as a woman and you really sit into who you are, I mean, like it's our biology, right? It's there. It's innately in us. It's whether or not we choose to acknowledge that or whether we choose to operate from the masculine. And listen, I spent more than half my life operating from the masculine, but knowing, I think Sarah, I had the knowing the whole time, like this isn't the way, you know, but I didn't know that there was another way because I didn't have anyone around me that coasted through life. I didn't have anyone around me that, you know, embraced who she was to mirror. Like when I first started coaching, someone said to me, why do you do what you do? It's like, I do what I do because I want to be the woman that I searched for. I searched as a young woman to try and find this woman that would live in the allowing and, and just let life work out for us. If we get rid of all the, the monkey mind thoughts and we get rid of anything, any of the control that we are imposing on ourselves, thinking that we're assisting in a process, but we're really at our detriment, right? If we get rid of all that, what happens? You end up with these open, clear channels and you're able to receive. And so living in that receptivity is just this place that I, I, I pray on for everyone because that's what life is supposed to be right? We've been conditioned to believe that it's something else, but there was a second part piece to your question. How do we access, what did you ask me? Yeah, how, what does it look like for us to live this way? You know what? It, it literally, it's bliss. It's happiness. It's joy. It's pleasure. It's ah, like, you don't need to just go sit at the ocean, which I thought for so many years I did, right? I thought that I had to, Sarah, go sit at the ocean. Thank God that I knew to bring myself to California from snowy Montreal, but you don't have to sit at the ocean or turn on, you know, a meditation to find that peace. It's within you. Just allow yourself to have it. Take the time to work through the yuck. Take the time to acknowledge the fears. Take the time to define what you want for yourself and then realize that your true being is peace, is bliss, is, you know, is the age of allowing. Like we all need to live in the age of allowing. Yes. Yeah. I I can really relate to what you were saying earlier about kind of always knowing that there was a better way, but just not like, I had this inner knowing from childhood that there is something more. And I searched for years before I figured it out. So it is amazing. It's like, we do get to be the people that we wished for. Absolutely. And it's not just because, you know, someone has a trust fund or someone grew up in in some certain family or, you know, has, you know, what your birthright is like you look around and if you really search for the stories, Mm -hmm. what your birthright was does not dictate who you are and what your external does not dictate where you're going. And I think that we, you know, there's been this condemnation of the dreamers, but the dreamers are the ones that really fucking get it right? The dreamers are the ones that are like, you know what? Yes, life can be that good. Life can be beyond what I ever anticipated, but you have to allow yourself to even go there and allow the divine to manifest for you. Because I think if I can just add in one little piece, um, I think that 
the term manifestation has been used so much and it's a beautiful term. Don't get me wrong. But I think what's happening is I hear a lot of people saying, I manifested this. I manifested this. And what if we release the control of us manifesting? Because that still is very masculine. That still is very intense. And what if we release the, I manifested this to, I put out my prayers. I put out my desires. I lived, you know, this beautiful, blissful um joy filled as much as possible because life, like I said before, life happens, but you can still access those moments within the chaos. But what if we access that? And then we believe that the divine, whatever you believe, whether it's God, universe, angels, you know, I work with people that have varying beliefs with all this. And, and I very much tailor to what they, you know, what they're sitting with. Um, and what if then you believe that the divine created for you? Because that's my truth. My truth is I don't manifest. I remember at the beginning of my journey using the term, oh, I manifested, you know, $10,000 in my bank account. Whoa, 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 whoa. I put out the prayer and the desire. Those rockets of desire, that, that frequency was out there. And then it was created in my experience, right? Mm -hmm. So I think that that's like, you know, this big piece to receptivity that is lacking in a lot of, you know, the teachings. I love that because gratitude, it brings forth gratitude to the divine or to the mass yes. or to the giver, which is the frequency of for more. The gratitude yes. and the desire are the frequency of receiving. So when we, you're so right, when we just get in this, this state of like, I manifested this, it's like, where's the gratitude then for what we were able, what we received yeah. or what we yeah. were given? Yeah. And it's so interesting that you brought that up because I was, I was talking with a client the other day and we were talking about, you know, relationships, like in the, in the love realm. Right. And I was looking at my own relationship and I was like, you know, the minute that I stepped into what I'm experiencing now, my marriage with my husband shot through the, like beyond what I ever thought possible. And, and in talking to her and, and hearing what she wanted and sharing, you know, what my experience has been, she's like, are you serious? Like a man wants this. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, of course, like, this is, this is part of our biology is for the creation to be from the, you know, the, the woman is in her essence and the man, like, this is what makes your man like buck up his shoulders and alpha out, you know? That's, yeah. that's what all that is. I know you were talking about more, you know, the divine, but you mentioned the, yeah. the masculine. And I was like, well, I have to touch on that because so many people think like women, you know, we have to go into these relationships or, you know, in these family units and we have to control everything because we're these matriarchs. Right. But the minute that we, we step back and we allow, you allow a man to, like I said, he alphas out and, and that's just it. But going back, Sarah, to the gratitude I think that there's been this, and I, I hope this doesn't ruffle, but at the same time, I ruffle feathers all the time. So I'm cool with this. But so yeah. I think that there's the same way that there's toxic positivity. I think there's this like toxic gratitude thing happening where there's this term being used. Oh, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful. But are you really sitting in appreciation? Because I talk to a lot of people that claim gratitude, right? Oh, I sat this morning and I, I, I you know, I had my gratitude practice. But then when you really look at how they're living, where is their appreciation for anything? And so I choose to use the term appreciation rather than gratitude, because I think when you appreciate, you're, you're really like 
you're anchoring that into your being and you're integrating it so intensely that it's like firmly anchored in, you know, you're sitting in this appreciation and appreciation brings me to tears. When I'm grateful for something, I can sit and say, oh yeah, I'm so grateful, you know, that my son is healthy. But if I appreciate it and I genuinely look at his body, Sarah, and I see that when he was skin and bones, that he now has all of this meat on him, there is that appreciation that is so intense gratitude could never touch. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, I do. It does make sense. Yeah. And I think it's like, sometimes we do need to, when a word becomes so overused, yeah. it is helpful to find a word that we resonate with more. Absolutely. And it could be different for it, for everybody. Oh, that a thousand percent. I was definitely not imposing that on everyone, but just sharing yeah. my no, personal yeah, experience think, that it's a big thing. Yeah. I think it's helpful. Yeah. 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 So you have a post that said, I love this so much because um, I feel like this is just like the juicy creative feminine, but here is how it goes. You have to show up as her before you become her. You grow into your vision of yourself. You lead her, you embody her, and you become her. You have the power to bring in your next level existence from this one. I'd love to hear you just expand on this a little bit. And how does this work for you? Okay. So anything that you're desiring, it's because your creator has placed that in front of you and you have access to it, right? But if we're sitting in a current moment and we're so focused on what we have right now, how can we be that whatever we want? The truth is we can be, do, or have whatever we desire. It's just, that's how, that's how it works. Like it just, it's made that way, right? And, or we've been made that way. And so the whole thing is, is that to sit there and say that you want something, but then to be living at a frequency where that doesn't exist and there's an impossibility of it existing, there's no way for that to be your experience. Right. So I go ahead of myself and in, you know, I'll give you an example, let's say, um, even in business, you know, like I, I would sit and I was like, okay, I always knew that I wanted to help women, but I never really knew how it was going to pan out and what it was going to be. And so in helping women in their finances, it was okay, then this is going to take me somewhere else. And so in, I feel like I'm speaking very existentially, but, but basically you become that person before. So I became the coach that was sitting, you know, helping women financially. And then it segued into where life was going to be for them. And then it all catapulted into everything, but I needed to live my life according to the principles that I was ready to go and teach. So if you want to go and you want to embody something and you want to integrate it into your being, you need to go be that person. You want to be the woman that has the thriving business, you can't be sitting around complaining about not having a thriving business, not getting up and doing anything, not putting yourself in the room with other women that are doing what you want to do. You need to show up. You need to dress up. You need to be that person before. Exactly. I couldn't yeah. agree. And I also think this is a really fun way to like utilize our creativity because we can just imagine and get into the vibes and like, what does she wear and what does she do exactly they like and just bring it into our present moment more and more in like a really fun playful way I love that you just said that because it's interesting that I just you know kind of went where I went when where I really want to go with this and thank you is it, it's the practices all day it's not just a five minute something right it's when you want to be that woman how does she wake up in the morning what does she do what are her thoughts the minute that she opens her eyes you know how does she treat her family how does she how does she show up for herself 
not only in her work, but in her everyday life, because how she's going to show up in her everyday life is going to trickle into, you know, into her work. But I think that the way you said, like imagination, like imagination is so much fun and it's so much fun. And we cut ourselves off from the play and the joy of all of it when really, you know, like anyone can be anything. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. I, um, a couple of years ago, I read Atomic Habits and one of the principles that the, I think his name is James Clear. He shares that a huge part of building a new habit is identifying as the person who has whatever it is that you want to have. So he used the example of like weight loss. And he said, he knew this person who lost like a hundred pounds just from saying, what would a fit person do? And just beginning to identify as a fit person or what would a rich person do and begin to identify like when we, it's changing our identity and then we create our life from that. Absolutely. So I remember Sarah going before um, my husband and I, you know, got to a place where we could live where we had lived. I remember going to five-star hotels Mm -hmm. and feeling it, you know, and living in the experience and dressing as if, and eating as if, Mm -hmm. I mean, I ate way better according to what my pocket could pay for years ago. Right. I ate way better. And now this is my experience. Right. I sat and I I thought to myself, okay, how am I going to be this? How are we going to do this? And it's interesting that you brought up the weight loss thing, because absolutely I've watched so many of my clients. It's like, you know what? Identify as if, and, and the whole thing is, is you want to go and you want to lose all this weight why are you wearing your baggy clothes? Because when you go and you lose weight, that's not going to, girl, you are not going to be walking out, you know, in your sweats with with three sizes too big, just, you know, go and show up as her. Because if you show up as her, you, you already are her. You just have to let it all, you know, match up in your reality. And so absolutely. Yeah. I've heard of atomic habits. I haven't read it. (laughs) I'm adding it to my list. (laughs) So you teach that It's only by understanding your true worth and standing in the power of who you are that you have any chance of divinely receiving. How can we cultivate this belief in our power and worth as women? Okay, so cultivating your, I I think this this really goes back to getting quiet with yourself and Mm -hmm. figuring out who you are and what your desires are. No two women are the same and that's what makes us so beautiful. But we live very much according to other people's experiences. And like I said, other people's beliefs and other people's value systems. And so who are you? Truly, who are you? Not who are you on paper, you know, mother, wife, sister. No, 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 no. That's all beautiful. And absolutely, that is a part of your identity. But that's not your true identity. What are your true desires? Like if, if I would love for us all to like sit, you know, on these, on a deserted Island, let's say for a day and really get quiet with ourselves, because I've had so many people ask me like, how do you do this? I'm like, well, you get quiet with yourself. Well, how, and the, how is different for each person. So for me to answer that question for you, it's very multifaceted, but I would say, you know, sit and journal journaling is so incredible. Sit and meditate, sit and, you know, what? take that time at the beach to stare at the waves and, you know, see what comes, what thoughts come to mind when you stare at the trees literally blowing by, you know, get really centered with yourself, really quiet with yourself and come to understand that there's so much in you that you haven't explored yet. Because I think that very often we live surface And in doing a lot of this work, you need to know that you have to get really deep 
and it can get scary and it can get uncomfortable. But the further you dig, the freer you'll become. So beautiful. Thank you. You said that one who is connected to source is more powerful than millions who are not, which is beautiful. I love that. Can you talk about this connection and share how you plug into it in your own life? Do you have a spiritual practice or is it more of like a moment to moment thing for you? Okay. So I think that I lived so much of my life, Sarah, according to everybody else that I was so, I thought I was connected to myself. I thought that I was living for me still with this curiosity because I did feel disconnected, but I didn't realize the intensity of the disconnect. And so I think when you, again, get quiet with yourself and you truly get yourself to a space of these clean, open channels through taking time for yourself. So my practice is, I love my family. I love my husband quiet time with me, time with me, time with me, time with me, because I mean, I don't know how you were, but I remember back to even when I was studying in university, I wasn't the girl studying with all my friends in coffee shops. I was sitting at the library in sheer quiet to really receive what was coming off the page of a book. And in order to learn about myself, it was very much through sitting quiet with myself. So I have a daily I journal in the morning. I journal at night. Um, I journaling has been super big for me. The most pivotal, ironically enough, has been taking walks alone. Yeah. And really taking that time to, mm-hmm. and if I ever feel off at all, I go outside, I go yeah. outside, I move my body and just grounding myself in the earth, which I thought was so hokey pokey for so long. Right. It has been so huge for me because in that I've, I've integrated that quiet time and that connection time with the movement of the body. So anything, any stagnant energy has released. So yeah, I, you know, how do you, so you're a mother yes, and a wife yes, and how have you ever found it challenging and how can you encourage women who also have children to like really set boundaries around that time for yourself? Okay. So I love this question because I was the Virgoan control freak mother for a good five years of my son, my first son's life. And all that I wanted, Sarah, was everything to be perfect. I was like, okay, I'm going into this mothering thing. And what I want is a healthy, confident child. And I didn't read any books because I didn't want any external influence on anything. And I really went into, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this solely from my heart. And what I believed was I believed that in diminishing the chaos that I was creating a good world for my family. But again, that was at my detriment. So what I came to understand is that you need to be kind with yourself. You need to be really gentle with yourself. And so anyone that's struggling, the struggle is real. Okay. We're not going to sit here and say that, Oh, you know, I have all this time to go sit and walk and breathe and like, you know, do my makeup every day and all this stuff. Listen, if you have help, that's beautiful. Right. But there's so many of us that don't, there's so many of us that don't, there's so many of us that are literally waking up in the morning with going, Oh my gosh, I already can't breathe. And I haven't even gotten out of bed yet. And so I get that. And I'm sending anyone listening tons of love on that because I've been there. I think even the ones of us that haven't acknowledged or spoken about being there, we know in our hearts, we have been there. It just, it's par for the course, right? And so if you're in that moment, release the control, realize that, you know what you, if you lead with love, 
your family will be okay. And the whole thing is, is if you lead with love with yourself, you are liberating yourself so much from any experience. And so in that, let it be okay if your house isn't clean. Let it be okay if your child cries. You know what? I used to think, Sarah, that I had to pick up my son every, like the minute that a tear would even start to come, you know, the face gets red and they're like about to cry. I would think that I had to grab him. And what I realized that that was actually to his detriment because I wasn't letting him feel. Yeah. So all of these things that we, we've defined for ourselves that we're supposed to do, yes. give yourself grace yes. to release, mm-hmm. allow an experience to be what it's meant to be rather than what you have to control. Yeah. The fact that your family is healthy, the fact that you birthed a child healthily and you're both thriving physically, yeah. know that when you celebrate that and you sit in appreciation or I don't want to say sit. When you live in appreciation for all of that, Sarah, then my belief is you allow the experience to be. This mothering experience is one of the best ones we'll ever experience, but we try to control it so much that if you let the divinity into your experience and you let, you give yourself permission for the good, the so-called bad, the so-called ugly, it's all the experience. So just let yourself be, give yourself grace and give yourself so many hugs because it's okay and it's going to be okay. And it doesn't matter what anyone else says. Yeah. Find your joy. You know what? Let there be toys all over the floor. Let there be like food, you know, flying all over the place and laugh because you know what? That's the frequency you want. That's the frequency that creates worlds. Mm-hmm. That's what's going to create your future family unit that you dreamt about before you even got pregnant. Right. So did that answer your question? Yes, that's beautiful. I think that's so helpful. Thank you. I feel like it's so easy to say like, oh, we should do all these things and prioritize self-care. But then when it comes to real life, it can get a little dicey sometimes. (laughs) And and you know what though, Sarah, let the dicey be okay. Like let the outside world see. I mean, I remember sitting and I was breastfeeding one in a restaurant with my, sorry, my boob out. Sorry, not sorry. Right. And I I never even like when people say that, I'm like, "Ah," but I just caught myself saying it, but I am, I live very unapologetically and I always have. And so like, I just had my boob out, you know, and my younger one, he was the, the mover and the shaker. My first Sarah, he never moved. He just like, you know, he was very chill and And I think that that also manifested a lot in his physical later on in life because he didn't acknowledge his feelings, you know, like there, there was no, but anyways, that's a whole other conversation for another day. (laughs) But the whole thing is, is I would sit there and you know what people would look at me and I'd say, listen, this is motherhood. And I'd laugh and I'd giggle. And I gave myself permission Mm -hmm. after, you know, years, the first couple of years of not giving myself any permission. And I was able to sleep better at night. And I was able to, and my other relationships were thriving. And you know what, my relationship with myself Mm -hmm. was able to heal because I gave myself the permission of the, my self-love and self-care in those moments may not have been going out and taking a walk by myself, but Sarah is sure as heck was going and being out in society, sitting at a restaurant or a coffee shop with the kid on the boob, the other one going crazy. That was my way of loving myself. And so I think that whatever season we're in, you can give yourself grace. You can give yourself the time and you can give yourself the self-care, but it may not look like what it looks like on Instagram for other women. And you have to let that be okay. Right. And I read this quote or this post the other day that was talking about, I don't have kids, but my sister um, has my niece and I've seen her go through that journey. But the post was saying that like the actual percentage of your life, if you live to a normal lifespan where you have Mm -hmm. children is so small. And And there's joy and such amazing 
it's like you I don't know personally and I can't speak to this but yeah. I'm imagining that you kind of just embrace it and you're like this is it <laughs> you know you know what though Sarah I wish that that was the way I think that's the way for many people but I I want to bring in the fact that I think most people actually fight against it and so the years go by and then you know, in hindsight, it's like, oh, why? You know, I, I can't tell you how many women come to me. It's like I lost my the beginning years of my kids' lives. I lost because I was trying to control everything. I was trying to make everything be okay when I felt like the world, you know, the walls were caving in. But if you sit in the walls caving in and you almost, this is going to sound so whack, but you celebrate that you're in that season and you let it be okay, that's where when you enter the age of allowing, you literally allow yourself to just love things for what they are, you know, celebrate them for what they are, rejoice in the, you know, like have a food fight, like let it all just be okay. And then you know what, then while you're cleaning up with the mop, cry it out and release your emotions. Like, but let there be joy, let there be pleasure, let there be, you know, in my home with my husband, my husband's used to be a very serious person. And, and if you met him, you wouldn't think that at all, but he's very, you know, he lived in a home where his parents were very regimented and so that's what his you know that's what he came to the table with to me and I remember when I was young just being like babe who cares like who cares he's like what who cares like you used to and I was like yeah I used to because I watched myself for you know that year or two or whatever it was having so many moments that I could have been enjoying and let the joy and let the pleasure and so now you know something will go down and my, my kids are, are six and uh, almost nine this week um and I'll see like stuff go down and he doesn't react. And I look at him, I'm like, babe. And he's like, you told me to just like, let it go. And I was like, you know what? Good. And you know what, Sarah, we have fun yeah. and we don't sweat the small stuff. Mm -hmm. And when you, when you don't sweat the small stuff, you take yourself to that frequency of uh, the frequency of allowing that, you know, allow, 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 allow yourself to have fun, allow yourself to cry, allow yourself to create whatever you want for yourself, you know, allow other people to be who they are. We're all these imperfect. I always say all the time, like we're imperfectly perfect beings. We're all just walking each other home. And the whole thing is, is if we just would sit in that, and if I could create this world where everyone had that belief, I feel like there would be like, you know, there'd be a utopia happening there because that's what we all want. We want unconditional love, unconditional acceptance to just be who we are. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love that. I feel like that's going to be so inspiring to women. I mean, it's definitely inspiring to me, but especially women who do have kids and are just in that phase to just like, you're going to miss these days, you know? Yeah. It's, yeah. they go by so fast. And I, um, I heard this quote too, a while back that was like the biggest regret people have on their deathbed is that they didn't enjoy their life more. And yeah. I, even I can look back on my own life and think about like, I wish when I was like in those like miserable, magical twenties that I had just been like fully, just fully embraced it and realized that it's going to get a lot better, but it's also like all this magic. It's not going to be the same when you're right successful and you can pay your rent on time and right. you're not working in a service industry job anymore. There's magic in those moments as yeah. hard as they were. So yeah. there's magic in all of it. And that's, I love that you just said it that way. Like I'm trying to instill that in my kids, you know, I'm like that generation, like the young kids, they need to know they have all this magic and then they come into this world and people try and like squash it. Right. And I'm like, this is no, 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 no. I mean, as parents, you know, you have, you, you go through this parenting experience. And so obviously there's going to be moments where you're going to do that um, because you don't want your kids flying across the street, you know, in, into cars, but 
to be able to teach and, and watch people around us experience the magic. That's what life, I love that you said that. Yeah. That's what life is really about. Totally. So you have one more question and then I'm going to ask you how we can find you and work free work with you and like what kind of stuff you have available right now, okay. but it's about doing shadow work. And you said, it's the side of myself that I refuse to look at that ruled me in my willingness to look at the so-called dark side. I found the road to freedom. I was able to heal my mind and heart. I chose to walk into the darkness to find the light. I walked in fear and found peace that I never knew existed. I think doing shadow work is so important. And I love talking about this. Would you share a little bit more? Absolutely. So the dark side that I was talking about is living in fear. I lived yeah. in fear of everything, Sarah, mm -hmm. and for a really long time. Mm -hmm. um, and I would not acknowledge the fear because I thought that if I acknowledged the fear, it would make it worse. Mm -hmm. But really what set me free, sorry, my dog's going nuts in the background. I don't know if you, can you hear him? A little bit. <laughs> he's going, he's like, mom, yeah. Um, but so the whole thing is, is that I very much operated from a state of fear, even though I had convince myself, oh, I'm not fearful. Like I'm good. I'm good. Right. And so when I finally really looked in the mirror and it was actually mirror work that brought me to this realization because I kept watching a lot of the same things happening. And, and there was, anyways, I'll, I'm going to try and squash this, but the whole thing was, is that I realized that I was living in fear and I couldn't deny it anymore. And it was so dark, Sarah, that it was overtaking my being. I mean, everything made me scared. At one point it was scary to leave the house. At one point it was scary to literally get up in the morning because I was so sick physically that I just couldn't function. And so every little noise would scare me. And I finally just was like, you know what? I, I can't, I can't, I have to face this. I have to walk with the fear and I have to get so scared. And I mean, just a, a really fast story. I went to a chiropractor and I told her I, I had a, a deep rooted fear of dying. And the yeah. fear of dying came very much from, you know, who's going to take care of my children? As much as my children have a beautiful father that would take care of them, I just was like, I have to be the one. And if I leave this earth and something happens to me, so I tried to control everything around me, my eating, my sleeping, you know, where I went, literally everything, my world was constantly, I'm doing this, but no one sees this. But yeah. the whole thing is, is, you know, there was all of that. And the, she said to me, I said, I need your help. I've tried to work this through. I do body code and emotion code. And I have an amazing practitioner that I've been working with for a really long time, um, which is an amazing resource for any women that, you know, it really shadow work and body code are so interconnected and it's such an amazing modality um, to help. But anyways, and so I went to this chiropractor and I said to her, I said, I need help. Like I need you, There's, there has to be something that I'm holding in my body that I can't personally release. And so she said to me, I can adjust you as much as you want, but I need you to tell me if I died tomorrow, what do you think would happen? And it was that day that I went home and I looked in the mirror and I was like, okay, if I die tomorrow, what would happen? And I had to really, really sit and say, you know what, it would be okay. Everything would be okay. And I was sacrificing these moments of my life yeah. all because I was so afraid. But then once I finally got quiet and realized, you know what, the world would go on. Everyone would be sad for a little bit. I'm sure they would miss the heck out of me but everyone would be okay. It's like when you face your fears, whatever your darkest things are, because for a lot of people, it's, it's, you know, not fear. For me, it was fear. It was intense fear of literally everything. And when I faced it now, you know, if I could tell you even in the past six months, the stuff that I've gone through, Sarah, I, 
have never felt so amazing, yet the most detrimental period of my life has been the past two and a half years. Yeah. But I, I found the power within myself to thrive. I found the, I gave myself the permission to feel it all and know that there was freedom on the other side. So for everyone that's listening, that's afraid to face what feels too scary for them, face it because the true you is on the other side. The you that's going to, it, it's, it's almost like, do you want to feel yucky or do you want to feel amazing? Yeah. But do you truly want to feel amazing or do you want to feel, you know, quote unquote, amazing within all the yuck in your world? No, you want to liberate yourself. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. I love that. And these are really like heavy topics of like life and death, but we have to, I, I think it was Wayne Dyer, a book I read a long time ago. He was saying, you don't really live until you come to terms with your own death. And if you can't come to terms with that, you will be able to live life a lot freer. And I think that everything comes with duality. And that is like the most extreme example. If you live, you will die. And but that's everything. There's like, if you love, you will lose. Yeah. And you know what though, Sarah, it's so beautiful that you, you said that first of all, thank you for that Wayne quote, because I've seen Wayne a bunch of times in person. I've read a bunch of his books and I don't know, somehow I missed that one. But the whole thing is, is that, you know what? It's okay. You're going to be okay. You know? And so if you allow yourself to realize that you've gotten yourself through your worst days, you'll always be okay. And even if you're not okay, you will be okay right? We think that we're not going to be okay, but really even in those times, you're okay. Because I mean, whatever you believe, even after you die, right? It it all comes down to what you believe and how you carry yourself through life Mm -hmm. and and what all these things mean to you, right? So it's the definitions that we give them rather than what they truly are, Mm -hmm. right? That's so beautiful. It's very powerful work. And I really resonate too with you saying like the dark, the darkest time has like brought you the the best time in your life. Yes. Because I think that is exactly what it is. Like we learn to hold the darkness and we're able to like our capacity to hold that much light also expands. A thousand percent. And I only realized that Sarah, once I accepted the darkness, resisting the darkness for so long mm-hmm. brought me to the space. So I'm so grateful yeah. I would have loved for someone to tell me, you know, in my teens, in my twenties, it's okay. Yeah. You know, this permission, again, the allowing to feel, mm-hmm. the allowing, you know what? It's okay to go and tell someone I'm scared of this. Yeah. It's okay to be vulnerable. Yeah. If we all would just embrace our vulnerability a bit more than the, that's where the deep soul filled connections are, right? That's when you actually, your heart opens so wide that you expand. And what are we here for? We're here for the expansion, right? Yeah. That's so beautiful. Thank you. Thank you so much for all of your wisdom. This has been a beautiful conversation. I'm so excited to share it with everybody. Um, I would love for you to tell us what offers you have right now and how we can find you and work with you. And I will also put your Instagram link in the show notes. Okay. Awesome. So how, what do I have going on right now? Okay. So I have a free Facebook group. It's mm-hmm. called Audacity by Samantha Spector. And we go through all the things, all this and more. And it's a beautiful community. Um, I really wanted to create a free resource for people, but a sisterhood. So I'm very intentional about, you know, it's not just a Facebook group, go join and throw stuff against a wall. It's very, very intentional. Um, I have a mastermind that, oh, sorry. Did you hear that? 
something big. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I have a mastermind. We have 10 women coming together. Um, they're in groups of 10. I'm doing the first one right now. And it is basically a lot of, we're, we're meeting twice a month and there is spot coaching. And again, with the theme of sisterhood and of allowing and giving ourselves permission to be who we are, to step into our divinity and to live our best lives. Sorry, my talk. <laughs> that's where, that's where all of that is. Um, and I also um, coach one-on-one. -on -one. So I am taking on clients now for six months and 12 months, 12 month options. I had someone yesterday inquire about three months. So I may throw that in, but I really believe in long-term mentorship with this type of thing, because I think that the soul's evolution is really important. So it, that's, uh, that's me. And then on Instagram, it's XO Samantha Spector is my handle. And I am so delighted, Sarah, to have had my first podcast experience. And I'm addicted to podcasts now. <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> I'm so excited to go explore the world of podcasts. So thank you so much. Thank you so much for being here. This was so much fun. Absolutely. I enjoyed it too. Have a great day. You too. Talk Bye to you Sarah. soon. Talk to you soon.